It's always good to come back to you and to come back now into this building. <laughs> and last night, Rob took us around and we had to put crumbs out like Hansel and Gretel to find our way back. It's massive. Any visitors here, let me tell you, this is a quarter. It is massive. And it's in the center of town. So God has got something planned for this church and other churches, but this one to be a blessing in this town. He's got plans for rooms and I can't wait to see what he's going to do. But it is. What is he going to do? What is he going to do? Because I'm going to read to you from Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's. Isn't that brilliant? And the fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. The earth earth is Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and all who dwell in it. I think he's rather... A rich God, all-encompassing. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. And you know, there was a time that not one of us had clean hands and a pure heart and couldn't ascend to anywhere. But now, as followers of Jesus, you know, he died on the cross for us. He took all our junk and, and um, unclean hands and un, in, impure heart, and he died in our place on the cross. And then he rose again, and he just comes and he gives us this eternal light and the clean hands and pure heart for nothing. We've done nothing, nothing to deserve it. And he just comes and he gives it to us. I think that's pretty cool. And the offer goes on and on and on and on. And so when you're a follower of Jesus, you have clean hands and a pure heart. And it's not about, well, we're such good people. We don't always do things that are good. But we are forgiven people. Forgiven and being changed. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. And when we seek, we find. When we say to God, oh, I want to follow you, he just comes and he runs. He he never turns anybody away. Lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. And um, as Rob said, coming from South Africa and seeing... Uh, living in the most awful situation in apartheid, and then seeing um, the church actually stand up and say no more, work together with various politicians and say no more, no more. The church 
Suddenly, we're, we're, as we as a church were reactionary, we just bowed and scraped to any laws and so on, to actually say, now hold on, we are Bible people. We do not stand for uh, apartheid and this one's high and this one's low. And I mean, who do we think we are? We're the church. And we bring hope and health to society. That's who we are. And so the church became the lifter up of people's heads. Lift up. And with the lifter of the gates for people to come in. And I think for me, just seeing the church. Oh, I just love the word, the church. Us. I loved what Rob did this morning. He changed the I into the we, the church. We. It's just so powerful. And to see we, the church, make such a difference in society where um, people who brought things against other people had to say, oh, sorry, because the church had said enough of this, enough of this. And we now in the UK for a season and... Um, and coming in from another culture, one comes in and you can actually, like if you come to South Africa, you come with different cultural eyes and you see things differently. And for you who've gone to China, it's like you see things differently. And God mixes and matches us in society so that we can help each other. And so we've come in. Now I come from, yo, the church, look at the church. And then I came in here a while ago, thinking, oh, it's all very lovely here. <laughs> but you must realize you live in a wonderful society. Everything works. You have good nets in place to catch things. Everything is it, it pretty good. It's pretty. It's wholesome. It's wonderful. But in the process, the church has become pretty and nice and you can nod your heads I'm quite interactive if you do you know yeah polite polite and what has happened is I've spoken to various people who will go to a football match and scream and then they come to church and they say but it's our culture and you see, I come from a culture as a white South African where apartheid was the law. It's my culture. That is how we were drummed and brainwashed. It's our culture. But somehow, I read the Bible and it says Jesus has broken down every dividing wall. There is no male, female, uh, Jew, Gentile, this, that, and the other. Um, and there's no black and white. It's people. It's people. So I had to break the cultural mold that I'd grown up in. And I come from a very racist family. And to actually break through that is massive. And so I had to break down my own mindset and the junk that had been formed in my mind, the brainwashing, and look to see what the Bible said and become biblical. And die to my culture and get into so much trouble. Because when you step out of your culture, it's you weird. People think, what are you doing? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. What are you doing? 
you're crazy. Why are you bringing all these black people into the white church? You, you can't do that. And so on. The government is, the security police are going to come and get us. And so on and so on. And, uh, oh, I used to shiver and shake. But do you know, we're the church. We are different. We have a different role. We are the sultan, the keepers of society. We keep society fresh and wholesome because of the Bible and because of Jesus living in us by the Holy Spirit. And, um, and so coming in and people say to me, but it's our culture to be quiet and reserved and polite. And I do like it. It's very, it's very good. But when one sees, maybe because I'm uh, politically and justicely and social consciously, my eyes are open, and I look at this wonderful nation that we are now in, and I just look and I think, something's going skew. Something's not quite what it should be. And things are shaking a bit. Am I right? And sometimes we put our heads in the sand and we say, oh, glory, Lord, you know. And it's wonderful. But actually we're here for society. This, when we come together like this, is to worship him and to get so filled up. A Sunday is for God. And we get so filled up because out there, the church is the salt and the light and the changes and bring rescue and hope to a society that's actually full of fear and broken. And, um, and so I have felt over the past while the kind of, oh, who's going to say something? Who's going to say something? Because if something's going skew and the church is so wonderfully big in this nation and doing well, you know, I'm itinerant. We go all over the UK and into Europe and speak at churches. The church is doing well. The church is not backward. The church is not dying. The church is doing well. Let me tell you that wherever we go, it's doing well. The news might say it's getting smaller. It's not. It's actually rising triumphant. And, uh, and, and God's hand on the church is magnificent. Because there's, there's a shaking in society. Things are not as they used to be. And God is making his church strong. Because we have a role to play. Do you agree? Yeah. We have a role to play. And at the beginning of this year, I felt God say to me, go and read Genesis 26, which I went to read. And it was about Abraham who dug wells on his journeys. And the Philistines came and they stopped up the wells. And nobody could get water from it. Okay. But then in Genesis 26 it says, Then Isaac came along and he sent his servants out to un unstop the wells. And they unstopped the one well and the other. And the but then people came and argued over the wells. But then they found a well which they unstopped, and the water flowed. And I felt God say to me, to tell the church, the wells this year have been unstopped. You see, in the past, it's been church, 
Shh. Don't say anything. You get together and you can do your thing, but in society, keep quiet. You are not really wanted. Nobody wants you. What if you, you past tense, you're going nowhere. Who needs you? And that's like, you know, when you hear that a while, it's like us with apartheid. When you hear it a while, something happens that you start believing it and you don't even know you're believing it until you think, oh, what's going on? And one reads the Bible and yet it just doesn't add up because there's this shh. You may not. And I don't mean going out there and shouting the name of Jesus and preaching the gospel in people's faith. I don't mean that. I mean something in us, something of authority and compassion and humility and help and kindness and loyalty in society and showing a new way, something different, something something different to what society is used to. They're used to being beaten up, and we come along. We don't beat up. We actually bind and heal and show a new way and tell them about this wonderful Jesus who actually went and died on a cross for us. I mean, that, that's incredible. Yeah. And we've watched, we've been in, this, in the UK for 10 years this month. And so we've watched the tide beginning to turn. And suddenly this year, God said to me, now's the time. The wells are opened and the church is now free to actually get their minds renewed. Because, you know, with apartheid, when you've been told from small and history books all about the white power, and then you suddenly find a freedom but my mind needed to be retrained. I had to sit with black people and say, talk to me, re-educate me. I don't understand because how do I come across to you and so on? And they retrained my mind. And I would say to God, please bring healing in my mind and take the brainwashing away, please. And I would, I would read the Bible and say, Father, put this in my head. It doesn't matter. I know it says it there, but my head doesn't match because I'm so scared. And what if, what if nobody likes me? If you like, I don't know if you like me. I'm either anyone that likes to be liked. (laughs) You know, we don't want to make waves because nobody's going to like one. And I want it to be liked. But no, if I do this, nobody's going to like me. But you know, I can now speak from the end result. I was in the townships 20 years and really fought apartheid and so on. And the glory, South Africa is going through its issues, but the glory of seeing multicultural church, people of dignity, people making friends. You go to somebody's barbecue, we call it a braai, a barbecue, and it's mixed and everybody is talking. We think, Greg often says, oh, I wish I'd grown up like this from small. Do you know? And this is the thing. This is the church here now. It's a new season. It's a re-educating the mind of, actually, we 
are the children of God. We're the church. We come and we be filled and then we go out to actually make a difference. Where we've put, whether it's university, school, your your job out there in banking, whatever, or at home, there's a, you know, the Bible says the aroma of Christ is all around us. And so every now and again, somebody gives me a bottle of Chanel perfume. I have Chanel on today. It's quite expensive and ever so very nice. But do you know the aroma of Christ is priceless? It is so rich and so attractive and so costly for Jesus, but free to us. And as we worship him and just adore him, do you know where we walk? The aroma of Christ wafts from us and is so attractive to people who want to get to know about Jesus. So attractive. But the thing is, we've been told, but nobody wants you. Nobody wants to know. So even if we are attractive to the world, we think they don't want us. Because the brainwashing has said nobody wants you. And so it's a matter of now standing tall, shoulders back, not with um, arrogance. Arrogance is not of God. But with a, an authority and a healing. Do you know? I'm actually, when I went to townships, I was a, the hope at that time for people around. And then as people came to know Jesus, they became the hope. And it's amazing as you watch the hope spread and you watch society, you watch a whole office change. The atmosphere, we are atmosphere, well, you know, we are atmosphere changes. So in my mind, where I walk, I think if I get into the lift, the atmosphere has changed in the lift and people who are in the lift with me are very blessed. Not by me, but do you see, because I carry him. And so the glory of God is in the lift actually to, to help and touch people. And so it's a, it's a new way of thinking of actually wherever I've put, you going to China, you carry the glory of God into China. And it's not about working hard. I better go and give the gospel to everybody. No, because we are the gift. And so as we are filled and love him, he just works through us. It's not hard work, but it could get you into trouble. <laughs> but do you see? Because things begin to change, and we have an enemy, and it's not pe people are not our enemy. No religion is our enemy. Nobody's, no religion is our enemy. Nobody's our enemy except Satan. Because the Bible says we do not fight flesh and blood but rulers and principalities. And often we put our eyes on, they don't want me, and he don't, and this one, and that one, and I can't speak to this one. And look at this. And we get, get distracted from what the Bible says, which is, it's not people, it's what is behind. And so we have to love our enemies. Jesus said, love your enemies. Yeah, but look, he said, love your enemies. But love your enemies. And it's, it's not easy. And therefore, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and come and die daily, as the Bible says. Paul the Apostle says he dies daily to obey God. 
because it's so easy for us to make our own decisions. But uh, we have an enemy, which is uh, demonic powers. And the way we overcome demonic powers is being more biblical. It's not shouting and screaming at the devil. It's being more biblical, reading the Bible and, and living it and be, being the aroma of Christ wherever he has put us. The church has a role in society. And sometimes we have come across as a bunch of wimps. Can I say that? We, yeah, we look like, you know, like of no consequence. And yet, what does the Bible say? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everyone belongs to God. And yet we think we're the nobodies. And because we think that, we haven't particularly stepped out and done our job, like the church in South Africa didn't rescue and do the job. But the time has come. This is the year. The wells are opened. There's a new move of the Holy Spirit. There's a new infilling. Do you know, I'm not waiting for revival. I am revival. He's revived. He rose from the dead. He lives in me. He's not sleeping. He's very awake and he lives in me and you. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've got the Holy Spirit wide awake, full of revival. So where I go, I expect something to happen because I carry him and he makes something happen. And people might like me at the time or not. There's always a reaction. But I give it a go. And I learned that in your nation. You guys, give it a go. That, that's the saying that comes from England, from the UK. We give it a go. I love that. Well, now, come on, give it a go. Read the Bible, eat it, get back to the Bible. You know, with Internet, we have lots of blogs, very good. We go from John Piper to Bill Johnson to Terry Virgo to um, Dave Devonish to Simon Holly to, you know, we can carry on good, good stuff. And sometimes we feed ourselves in our quiet time on various people's blogs. And we feel very good. And we pray. And we feel good. All, all these books, there's hundreds of books. And we read books in our quiet time and we feel so good. And it's fine for a while. But if you do that for a week or two or three, actually you're getting second-hand knowledge of somebody else who has sat with God and then written something. And now we get second-hand somebody else's what God is saying to that person, I want my own. I want God to speak to me, and he speaks from here. Get back to the Bible. It's the year of the Bible. It's the year of reading and saying, Father, speak to me. Because look, out there, I want, I want to make a difference out there. I want people who are battling with issues, people with fear, people who are near to breakdown. I want them to come and be healed by Jesus like I was and am still being. Because until Jesus comes, we're being sorted. We are fully forgiven, everything forgiven, but he's changing us. What is the time? Okay. So I, are you a brave people? Yes. 
Well, there are like, I mean, speak for yourself, you know, the few in the front. <laughs> do you do you take the uh, challenge really of open wells? It's the time of the church, and it's not by chance that you from not Beijing, Shanghai, are here this weekend because what you've learned in this nation you take with you. Do you see? The wells are open. You, you go with open wells, not even to go and win, but to walk confidently that God's put you there. But you know, there's a massive invitation this morning for anyone. And you know, you might have been coming to this church for a while, but you've never said, Lord Jesus, I want to be your disciple. I really need clean hands and a pure heart, and I don't know how to get it. But if it's as easy as I come to you, and it sounds easy, it, it's not so easy because it takes humbling oneself. It takes putting one's pride in the pocket. But who's going to see me? And, and so on. And also, we come and it's easy to get, but it costs Jesus everything. And then Christianity is actually a, a, a walk with God which is not, yes, now I'm going to be rich. And all my prayers are just going to, I'm going to pray for all the sick and they're all going to be healed. And so on and so on. And everybody's going to like me. They're suffering. Jesus suffered. And he says, you're my disciples. You'll have the good, but you'll also suffer. But always with a bigger picture in mind. Always there's an answer. Always there's a way out. Always. And so it's quite a, there's quite a cost involved in following Jesus, but it's worth every moment. Uh, I've been a Christian for a, a while, and it's worth every single moment. God has never let me down, and I've been in the most frightening, frightful situations that I could tell you story after story, and he's always come. Sometimes, not even last minute, he took his time. And he came, you know, they say the 11th hour. No, he came after the 12th hour <laughs> when I thought he would never come. And he came because he's God. He knows exactly. But he's good and he's kind and he's wonderful. And to, to become a disciple of his, he just comes and he fills us and cleans us up. And then we walk. And follow him. And, and he helps because we can't do it. He helps. But then there's those who have been followers for a while. And the challenge is, are you ready for a new day? As a church in the center of this town, are you ready to be the salt and light? Are you ready to be an answer? Instead of being seen in society as the problem, these religious people. These religious, we're not religious. I can't stand religion. It does get one into trouble. We have a relationship with, with the Father. I mean, we have a relationship with the Father. The maker of heaven and earth who owns everything. That's rich. That's rich. I taught people in the townships who were very poor. Once, once they became born again, I said to them, don't let anybody call you poor. 
You might not have money, but money doesn't make you rich. You are as rich as any person, I said to my township people, as anyone who's got lots of degrees and finance and all those things because you belong to the same father. Do you see? And so I gave, I, I taught them a new identity. So they would say, we're not poor, we're rich. Don't you dare call us poor. <laughs> and that's the whole thing. We have a new identity and we go and make people rich. So if you are up for it, look at me getting, if you are up for it, if you are up for it, and it's a very real thing. It's a new day. It's like a new day thing. If you're willing to come and say, Lord, anything, I give up my rights too. Even my big prophecies that have been spoken over me that I'm annoyed at you for because you haven't done it quickly enough. You know, you look, I'm, I know how I think, so I know how you think. <laughs> to give up rights for the sake of God and the world and see what he will do. Because we are saved to serve. The great commandment, love the Lord your God, the great commission, go into all the world. Love your neighbor as yourself. So there's a nice big place open. And it's not about coming forward so that, you know, just you don't really. But you came because your mate might see that you're not, and he, might, he or she might think that you're not as Christian as what you say. It's not that. It's quite, a, it's quite a cost in coming forward because you don't know what God's going to ask. But he's not a tame lion, but he is good. He's good. And if it would be your first time, you can come and join in. If you find that you're not a disciple of Jesus, you can come join in here. Yeah? But then just let it be known to one of us. It doesn't have to be a big splash and shout and, you know, there's no uh, showing you up embarrassment. We're all in the same position, actually, all of us. There's no one better than the other here. Father God, I ask now for breaking of mindsets. What you did with me and the brainwashing and the rubbish that was in my head and you renewed and you taught me how to renew. I want to ask for this church and, and, and even visitors, whoever is here this morning, whoever God has brought, I want to ask, Father, that you will come and do something for a new season so that we become the hope of the world, so that we go out with confidence and yet plugged into you and, and then looking to see how we can help society and be the answer. In Jesus' name.